0: I'm going stop. going to the i to competition, please have a seat Mr. Rogers. Um, can you ask me Yes, okay. So before we, um, the team's gonna have 50 minutes to prepare, after motion, uh, I what? believe we're gonna s- We're going to, we're going to um, start with a short piece um, of private members' business, as I believe Mr. Finley uh, is the only person this year to submit private members' business in advance. Wow. So,
1: I didn't want to lose this one. Take so. it away Mr.
0: Finley. Mm-hmm.
1: Uh, thank you Madam President. I would like to move that this house wishes Her Majesty the Queen a very happy birthday on the occasion of her becoming the first British Monarch to reach the age of fourscore and ten. Second. Can anybody oppose the motion of an error if it's officially... Yes. ...officially... Aye.
0: I You can make it again. a point against. Yeah, my back. <laughs> No,
2: do
3: you would point? And <laughs> <To laughs> <To a point. laughs> okay. um, I mean are, what what do you want to do? Are we all
1: meant to like bow towards her portrait or <laughs> yes. I believe we send I believe we send it? Yes. why would we amend it to remove any political affiliations from a society who well, would not know, honor her instead of slunch her? <laughs> well, I, did, I, I didn't say we honoured her, I just said congratulate her, but I think slouch of a queen is a little bit political in itself, Yay, in yeah. but it's calculated to offend everybody, <laughs> rather than only half right.
4: <laughs> yes.
5: In the style of N.U.S., can we please wish every monarch around the world... <laughs>
6: <laughs> oh, I'm not right. I,
1: <laughs> I would point out that Michael D. Hickens turned 75 three days ago, and nobody cared. So... Okay. take so congrats uh, on Michael D. Hickens, <laughs> sorry if I'm going to
6: Sorry guys. Gotta...
0: Okay, yeah. so has the motion... I no, hope we has the
6: to <laughs> <He's> <laughs> there with his the birthday hat. <laughs> <laughs>
0: sorry, what? Thank you. Um, has, okay, so has someone seconded the motion that we congratulate all of the, oh, no. all, no. all the monarchy in all of the world ever?
7: Yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, can, uh, can we show our <laughs> approval with <jasans>? <laughs> Towards <laughs> yes, each of them. Course, yes, <laughs> <laughs> <Exactly. laughs> <laughs> of to everyone. And, uh, <laughs> and, uh,
4: and you an open letter for right? showing everyone <laughs> what it <I'm saying>. Yes. <laughs> we second that? Yes. Yeah. Okay, anyone against. He, didn't get her.
8: he did. Are you against?
4: <laughs> he did. God.
8: Is the Queen of Moms in letter? Yes. <laughs> it's <laughs>
4: open letter. <up>. It's <laughs> open <up. It's> letter. <laughs> okay. Okay. I mean, we're for to vote. all those in
0: favour of that the letter for extending open letter <laughs> to everyone, I'm assuming on Facebook, um, to congratulate everybody for every birthday they've ever had, ever. <laughs> <laughs> Raise
4: your hand and say hi. Hi. Nice
1: really an amendment to my it's completely, completely.
0: Yes. <laughs> 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 so that's a, that's, well, it's a to it, it's an
1: amendment. I'll tie
0: it. I'll it. <laughs>
1: this, this could turn out to be a lot <laughs> more controversial <idea>. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> On a supplementary point, can I have recorded in the minutes that the Literary and Scientific Society of Queen's Queen University of Belfast did not wish her majesty a happy birthday <laughs> <laughs> On the occasion <laughs> well, <laughs> well, well, then,
4: no
0: we did, in the open Thank and you I will type her official account, not a party or
1: the Make sure <laughs> it's not a <laughs> <clean. laughs> okay.
7: Thank you very
1: much.
0: <laughs> I believe that motion passed. So uh record that minutes. Thank you very much. Okay, so we're gonna move on we'll, we'll continue with the uh, our sort of, um, standard business before, after they leave. Um so dark competition, four teams, as you can see, I'll settle up here. Um we are going to announce the motion, um, which I believe Wrong right. <laughs>
6: Wait, <I'm ready. laughs> okay, you already okay. know the first one. Okay. Thanks for
0: that, that massive build up. Okay. <laughs> the motion for the Londoners' Duffery competition is this house would put God on trial. Okay. And I have a nice way, could you please choose a
9: position from here? <laughs>
1: So, um, I like that. No sitting on
9: the uh, fence. I like that. In a 50s motion, this house would return King Billet. <laughs> so, we have 20
6: minutes to intervene. Could everyone please leave? James you know is going to go and speakers,
10: please leave.
6: Uh, That's the
0: Alright, so can Okay, oh, get one of this <laughs> Take it with okay. <laughs> you. It's really it's really not like an IV where everyone like bursts out the door and you know, it's very, uh-huh. very notchological. Okay. So now we'll get on to reading the minutes, I believe, from last week's debate, which was this House would divest from
4: fossil
5: fuels. Right, you okay. oh. Hello, everyone. Hello. Hello. Excuse me? Sit in the The 14th Ordinary Meeting of the Literary and Scientific Society took place on the 14th of April in the Senate Room and was attended by 18 members. A proud member's business was heard from Mr. Johnny Finlay, who put into the house that Mr. Finbar Rogers should be removed from the grand chair, still lying, <laughs> me, which he had decided to place himself in for the evening. As it became apparent that Mr. Rogers greatly wished to remain in the chair, several amendments were proposed, including Mr. Stefan Ivanitsky proposing that Mr. Rogers should be allowed to remain in the chair the entire evening, provided that he would be punished with a fine should he open his mouth at any point. <laughs> In the end, this proved to be too stressful for the skittish Mr. Rogers, who stood up and offered a string of expletives for which he was <laughs> Mr. Rod Whitehurst then proposed that the House not speak ill of the drinking habits of its own members, in light of Madam President's previous comments that some distinguished members would be viable to get sloshed at the annual conversation. <laughs> <isn't> it? <laughs> it was passed unanimously. <laughs> Mr. Ryan Neal then asked the House if the EU should rethink its Schengen agreements after, re- after recent attacks across Europe. Mr. Jerry Muller asserted that if Schengen was altered, it may lead to uh, a uh, decreased movement of workers across the EU. To which Mr. Harry Adair responded that the Eurozone and Schengen were wholly different entities, and this change would have little consequence. Further points were heard from Mr. Ivanishki uh, he's not Dutch. I don't mind saying that. Mr. Ivanitsky, who proposed a temporary change in border measures. Mr. Graham Alexander, who asserted that such measures could lead to a gap in intelligence exchange. Mr. Caribon van Blanken, who claimed that the attacks in Brussels and Paris were internal and that border measures were misguided. And finally, Mr. Harry Adair, who countered this by saying that firearms used were smuggled through the former Yugoslav nations. At the end of this productive debate, Mr. Stefan Ivaninsky put forward a motion to congratulate Poland on having the lowest rate of reported rape cases in Europe, which for some reason was not passed. Meanwhile, Mr. Ben Murphy proposed that Mr. Finbar Rogers be exiled to Calcutta, which was. <laughs> President Sinner then announced the evening's motion at this House would divest from fossil fuels. Opening for the there was main speaker, Mr. Kaylin Forer, who began by saying his argument was a fundamentally scientific one. He claimed that 97.1% of scientists agree that climate change exists, and that those who disagree are either paid off by oil companies or morons. Our planet has increased by one degree centigrade from pre-industrial times, and one third of the ice caps have melted. With the knowledge that it takes CO2 100 years to leave the Earth's atmosphere, Mr. Porter claimed that humanity will be unable to deal with the consequences of not divesting from fossil fuels. He concluded by saying that by the end of the century, Earth may well be six degrees hotter than current levels, and that we must simply stop funding companies to utilise finite energy sources. Opening the opposition, Mr. Jeremy Muller, he took on the proposition by saying that he would not be debating the existence of fossil fuels the existence of uh, climate change. Instead, he insisted that it is vital that we are environmentally responsible without sacrificing the fragile global economy. Mr. Mueller attempted to add color to what he called a black and white debate by ignoring the benefits of carbon offsetting, replacing trees if they are cut down, for example. He claimed that green technology has its problems and that it is not overly practical, nor is it particularly refined for modern use. He concluded by saying that we need to reinvest in smarter ways of utilizing fossil fuels rather than divesting altogether in order to aid both the environment and the economy concluded what a says to of Johnny Finley, who came bearing three points about divesting fossil fuels. That it was the right thing to do, that it was a economical thing to do, and that it was a conservative thing to do. He asserted that he must take lead from the anti-apartheid movement, in that if we stop investing in companies to, to we'll utilize fossil fuels, they'll be forced to stop or divest. Mr Finley then issued a rallying call to all conservatives in the room and asked them, what are you conserving? He then quoted Edmund Burke and sat down. (laughs) Closing the opposition was Stephen Kibinitsky, who vowed to dazzle the house with something we hadn't heard from the proposition, visits. He informed the house that our solar cells, windmills, etc., all require fossil fuels to be created, manufactured and transported. The idea that we should digest immediately was foolish and unfeasible, as it would leave us in an energy limbo. He stated that investing so heavily in green technology was like spending money on a Prius to preserve the environment, when in reality, such Prius would cost an inordinate amount of fossil fuel uh, input to produce in the first place. He included by asking the proposition to get off this soapbox. Questions were heard from Finbar Rogers, Jamie Cargill, Harry O'Day, Kerwin Van Lanken, Owen Mulholland, Harry O'Day, Ryan Neal, and Graham Alexander. A vote based on House opinion was taken, which read 10 ayes, 4 nays, and 3 abstentions. And finally, a casting vote based on Speaker's performance on the motion, this House with divest from fossil fuels was taken, which read 8 ayes, 2 nays, and 7 abstentions. May I take a minute as read. Okay, thank you very much for that. Um, and We have 12 minutes until I come
0: back in and see you're going to have to talk to me for a while. Um, first of all we have announcements, so our annual conversazione um, or formal uh, as people like to call them, um, is next Tuesday, which will be, it'll start from here at 6 o'clock, we'll have some drinks, which are free, whenever you buy your ticket. Um, <laughs> £30 if you eat steak, £28 if you don't eat steak, or, or vegetarian, vegan, whatever, is caring. Um, so please yeah, see me or pay Jenna whenever she comes back, and we'll be fine. So if anyone would like to come who hasn't already paid, um, just get in touch. Um, apart from, actually, no, tell I lie, don't get in touch. Today's the last day. Never mind that. Um, next week's debate is, an, is a Northern Ireland Assembly um, debate, so if you would like to be involved in the Northern Ireland Assembly debate, seeing as the vote is happening. No, not next week. Next week's debate is this House with. Apologies. Next week's debate
9: is this House with Job and
6: Yes,
0: uh, This House the Job and Hammond. Um, so, yeah, come along with that. And we move on to private member business. Does anybody have
6: any private members business? We're still on like ten minutes,
0: so otherwise we'll just sit here and still be silence if anybody doesn't have anything in the news, any like many debates you would like to have? Um, anybody want to talk about how Prince no? Mm. Anyone
10: care
6: to a this time? Okay. Oh, I, I, do. I, I don't care. understand Otherwise, i will not a good angel. Who's Prince? I don't take the Don't take the bag, Google. <laughs> okay, <so laughs> okay. go. I mean, you, you literally <laughs> were sitting here
0: for 10 minutes. This is I'll switch over here. Yes, <laughs> I'll switch over here. Yes, <laughs> I'll I suggest we come just a minute? I mean, I don't think the card's really ramped up for speaking. But yes, we're so not too really far away. No. <laughs> 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 right. Here yeah, okay, you can time because I have a timer on Then Is it just a minute? or?
4: just three minutes. Just <laughs> <I don't> now. <think. laughs> <Okay>. Just 9 minutes, <laughs> <and> 47 seconds. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, does anyone suggest a motion? Uh,
0: Bernie Sanders has
4: no chance.
6: Can <gasps> oh. oh, we do a more light one? I'll suggest one. That was <laughs> the actual <laughs> The one that our
5: speakers. No, there, there's two of them. I don't know. This has gone on dry. Okay, motion
6: 8.
4: Yes.
0: <laughs> okay, this house, <laughs> this house believes Bernie Sanders has no chance. Shout out to Ben, who's listening on the, the microphone. So would anybody-
7: Clean like your dishes.
0: To start, <laughs> Robbie, yes?
2: No. Time? Oh, time. Will you come on it? <laughs> yes, go for it, <laughs> <clears throat> So at the minute, I'm studying um, a module, and one of the elements a of the module- A module. Is Finn.
6: It's <laughs> um, no, that...
2: crisis politics and it's quite clear that after any crisis a new ideology takes over. For instance, after World War we saw the rise of Keynesianism, after the 70s, 80s we saw the rise of neoliberalism and now we're seen a crash in, in that said ideology and we need a new one. And what better alternative than Bernie Sanders offers something completely different to neoliberalism, something that maybe looks a little bit more like Keynesianism. In a deviation,
10: isn't that he can't win, not that he should
2: win. Bernie can still have a
10: chance, his path to the nomination remains open. Basically at this point, it seems unlikely that he can get all the delegates he needs to win it, right? However, he could still block uh, Keaton from getting the nomination, which could force an open convention, at which point the delegates would have free reign to vote for whoever they want. But his entire campaign now hinges on proving the fact that he is the more viable candidate who can beat Trump and Kasich and Cruz, as opposed to Clinton. Uh, so, session, huh. um,
6: so Bernie Sanders may be, like, old and, like, <laughs> decrepit, <laughs> but, like, he's representing, um, and, <laughs> yeah. okay,
0: there you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm going to go for Bernie Sanders, can't win because um, he doesn't have enough of the American population behind him to, even though he'd be the best option, he probably won't win, so really we want Clinton to win, to take
6: on middle votes, to make sure Trump has no chance. Trump does not have any chance, I'm just saying, no. there aren't enough Do white stop men in the <laughs> US, <laughs> sorry, <just laughs> this is <laughs> <that's laughs> Thank you for using
0: some of my time here, um, the, uh, Trump has a chance because he's being voted in. To by some people, so that he's not been taken out. So there is still a chance, which means
2: Bernie Sanders can't win. Yeah, <laughs> Actually I would use a historic argument to show that how in the past when something has failed we've had a new thing overtake it and you know we had the two thousand eight crash all, we've all been kind of waiting to see well what's the alternative? Has anybody got any better ideas? Bernie Sanders has come forward, we've seen it happen in the past, something new take over. Why can't this happen again? Why can't
5: <laughs> Um don't know much about Bernie, but I have 30 seconds left so I can talk for a bit. Um Bernie Sanders has come forward at a time of great uh <laughs> <laughs> reason for your banner from never playing this game again. Yes, yes. <laughs>
4: well, Bernie Sanders
1: cannot win the nomination, and let me tell you why it's not mathematically impossible for him to get there. But the
4: number six. What?
10: <laughs> <Where>? <laughs> Uh there's been a bit I really love to with one of these games. So nobody had directly I
4: mean
0: that, 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 that was very, It wasn't that it was a very valid question though in, in yeah. the start of the debate saying Bernie Sanders has no numerical chance of winning and then your point was he literally has no numerical <laughs> chance of winning. <laughs> yeah. But I mean well done well done well, for dragging out for three minutes. Was, uh, that was great. Um so, Anyone else have a have a motion? Trump? <laughs> no. <laughs> yes, Owen. This guy is excited for Bay 9. No. Oh well, anyone <laughs> else? Okay. How about something that we did? The letter if didn't have a chance to. Well, we, I suppose we do this weekend. Um, to talk about the 1916 centenary, people wanted a motion on that that nobody sort of brought up at the time. Does anyone? Yes, someone. I, don't know. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that would be a good. Yeah. Just a Just the ten seconds. Yeah. Um. Sure. Uh, what about Brexit? Brexit? Yeah. Okay. This house would vote for Brexit, and it will start. Or sorry. A What is it? B R N I exit? exit. Yes, apologies. We have to have changed the terminology for here. Does anyone anyone like to start that, Owen? Okay.
6: Go for it. Well, Brexit is a collaboration of two words. Britain and exit. Top me. Top me exactly. I thought it was the title of Brexit. Um, I, what's the motion? Let's talk to you Brexit. This is a good and Not for That's because, like, we have so much opportunity and we you know? So, like, we can travel like, all of these tours. the Ireland. i like, it's all free. I and mean, we don't have to get, like, the passports and <laughs>
10: <The> kind of thing. I Yes, I'll uh, this house would well, uh, leave the European Union I'm not going to use the terrible manner for this situation that we're in Because let's, well somebody please, think of the farmers and all the money that they get from the EU uh, so much of the money that these people receive, uh, come on, I money twice It comes from the EU and they clearly would not be able to continue their current lifestyle and whatnot as it is Without the money coming from the uh, countries over to our right um, I,
8: I, I, come on, anyone? Or like someone who spoke last Let's week? Um, yeah, those farmers grow like cows and sheep and
9: corn, <laughs> and like without that we all die of starvation. Well done. doubt. <laughs> <laughs> both,
0: both and
6: all. And I guess we sort of have to learn from the Christian community church in California, which sounds for many sort of core Christian values, but sort of promotes
5: Brexit in a way, which <laughs> is the opposite of what I want to talk about. Is on the left? <laughs> a long time ago. Anybody want to call a minor <laughs> like <all of> deviation? <laughs> yeah.
0: No. No? No. Who, Strong motion. Um. Okay. <laughs>
4: so.
2: House would vote to Brexit because actually uh, the EU has a lot of barriers to entry in the marketplace and actually helps corporations get bigger, stops the little man doing well.
5: Hesitation.
2: <laughs> <laughs> this house this house
5: would not vote for Brexit as the unknown is very scary in yeah. any context. It's very difficult to know what might happen. Of course, in the past, as I was learning today, my Irish father's class, the uh, Irish plant has been class as well. <laughs>
2: <laughs> this house would not Brexit because
5: hesitation. <laughs> <It's been. laughs>
2: this house Brexit, Brexit is
5: not a verb. Time is running out, and <laughs> ah. no. Brexit is not a verb.
4: No, He's not no. no, like the like, no, no,
5: no one else to no, speak, What do we do?
0: That's fair, I mean that's a fair point, we have a minute and 19 seconds left before they come in, so, any thoughts on the motion? On our motion, I mean, say the Ducker motion? Right. What is it again? Be be
4: good.
10: Good. Uh,
0: they shouldn't be in the room, but apologies.
7: <laughs> <With For>? Government. First right,
3: we're the government. Damn
2: it. But that's true, that's true, apologies.
0: Any okay a party. Okay, right. we'll, move, we'll move on to I think Oh I'm not reading about the suggestions. Um President's questions. Has anyone got any of those? One
9: minute. Yes, President, what did you have
0: for breakfast? I had apple juice today. I did have apple juice today because Owen spat apples on me <laughs> um, while I was walking through tunnel What did I have for breakfast? Uh I've I'm bacon and eggs there about half an hour ago. <laughs> I was doing an assignment, Had an assignment due at 2 o'clock today, so I was setting up all my ish. Yes, any other presents questions about the society? About... Mm. Yes. Are you having to have a card down for the Society? I think I'll. Do you think? And yes. Are you getting fetched that? Are you going somewhere to get them? <laughs> I think I'm going somewhere because i got like a 30 pound date. Up in Metro, Metro yes. Is it good? Yeah, the yeah. Didn't I ever ask him a quick page? Yes, Lynn! Lynn was having
6: a chat. Yeah. Um, what's the <laughs> track for after uh, this debate, though? Does anybody Eat. want to go to the tracker? We're going to the house bar. <laughs> Robbie is in about, has invited us all out with him as well, Where We're doing. Crap. Robbie said he
5: was very good tonight. I don't know. He ain't slapped. It's <laughs> non acceptable term. We discussed that in private <laughs> members' poses. <laughs> thank you. Do you want to come uh, I'll leave it.
4: What are acceptable terms? Can we still use ranked? Good? Or is that not acceptable? fine.
0: On the on <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, yeah, the edge. Fine. What was the premise for like not using slosh? I don't know. I, I said that Lily was drunk last year and he told me off for it for some reason, but she wasn't.
5: You accused her? of Going to get sloshed? <laughs>
0: I said no. I mean, I said Lily was going to get drunk this year, which I don't believe. that She's literally told me that she is, so I don't believe it was <laughs> slander in any way. Yeah. I
5: would say a bit of sloshed for okay. <laughs> the part, I do. we always
0: <laughs> will view the tables. Please do, please do. Okay, why well, don't we get started on today's motion. Um I will introduce the rooms for today's kit, okay? So... I okay.
9: What's the deal? Uh Close enough. Yeah, or or just like the yeah. Yeah, no motivation anymore. Like yeah, I know that.
0: Okay, okay. Uh, opening go uh, here. Okay, opening go, closing go, opening off, closing off. Thanks, Okay, so we're in this debate. It is the VP style debate, as you've seen that they uh, we sat for few, 15 minutes while they prepared um, <laughs> So, seven minutes between the game, first, and last minute are protected. You will hear that by me banging on the table, as I said at the referendum. Apologies. So, yes, first of all, if you would like to make a point of information, this is not, this doesn't usually happen in BP debates. But if you really are, if, if the audience wants to make a point of information, please do make a brief, um, which is something that doesn't really happen um, in normal BP debates. Mm-hmm. Um, please leave an appropriate amount of time between points of information. So, stand up and say that point and yeah, leave <laughs> much time so that we won't hear shots of no barking for anybody else. Um, Owen, James, and myself are going to judge the debate today. So um, I believe there's a, there's a bribe box at the back if anyone wants to. Yeah, it's literally labelled bribes. <laughs> if anybody would like to go and put one of those in. And on that note, I think I would like to invite the Prime Minister to open the debate for this
4: evening. <laughs>
6: My lords, ladies, gentlemen, and Whitehurst. Since the Second World War and the formation of the United Nations, we have held that there are just some things that are unacceptable. Even in times of war, there are certain rules and standards that must be maintained uh, and adhered to. We put, we, after the Second World War, we put leading Nazis on trial. After the Iraq War, we put Saddam Hussein on trial. We fought the Iraq War in order to put Saddam Hussein on trial and remove him from power. We hold, it, we hold it as a standard that the use of chemical weapons, for example, against civilians is unacceptable. Why should the use of a plane of locusts be any different? <laughs> Surely that should be held to the same standard. The bombing of Dresden, Hiroshima, and Nagasaki are to us in the liberal west, even though that was kind of our fault. Uh, Now, horrific to us. They're a cause for us to look back in shame. We might look forward when it was necessary, but we look back, undoubtedly, in shame. (coughs) Um, Fearful of how politics can become dangerous, and how when governments and leaders, kings and kaisers, are trusted too much, they become a threat. On that point, sir? Yes. Could you outline your rationale for treating
1: God as a politician or a leader like any other? I'm
6: getting, I'm getting to that point just now. Um, surely, and surely, the destruction of the Tower of Babel should be of over the same way. The burning of Sodom and of Gomorrah must be held to the same standard, even if Oscar says no to Sodomy. As my right hon. friend, the Deputy Prime Minister will elaborate on, uh, if we do not hold the King of Heaven to the same standard that we would withhold any other Kaiser, Czar, or Ayatollah, <coughs> how could we possibly claim credibility when the next action of some wretched head of state offends our moral core? Man makes law, and we generally hold that no man is above the law, and since God created man in his own image, surely it is clear that power has gone to Jehovah's head. Just as it did to Wilhelm II, just as it did to Hitler, and just as it did to Offer Stargel. <laughs> <laughs> from 1914 to the present day, international action has been taken to move from power governments and leaders, even leaders of churches, who have uh, who we just have acted unlawfully and more, and in a way that is morally wrong.
9: Yes, sir. Thank you. Why would you say that uh, the UN or any international regime has jurisdiction in terms of legal jurisdiction over heaven? Because
6: of <laughs> Well, uh. I mean, firstly, I would I'd like to ask you in your speech um, to define what heaven is. Um, I find it very unlikely that it's on a cloud somewhere. If we think God created an entire universe, why do you think why do we also think he created this whole other place, which is wonderful? How selfish are we? When we die, we obviously I end up in a small room somewhere in Bournemouth. Um, the United Nations has jurisdiction over this because of the UN Declaration of Human Rights, because of the doctrines passed after the Second World War for this very reason. And if we don't uphold it in every single case, because the law must be applied equally, the law then has no credibility if it is unequal by the how, in the fight against ISIS, we, and ISIS, and Daesh, and whatever you want to call them, on state, or whatever. Um, point, sir. How can we claim credibility um, against them, uh, one second, if they, uh, hope, if, uh, they throw homosexuals from rooftops and kill journalists, Is God not guilty of similar things? If we've read the Old Testament, I'll take your point now. Exactly. as about what you just said, on the Old Testament. Um, are we talking
3: about the Christian God? And what is your justification for that?
4: Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, really,
6: I think we can just all count them as one. <laughs> My own personal view is that probably a cabinet problem. <laughs> 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 but there's a Judeo Christian, seeing as we are in Ireland and in Europe and the West, I think we can count kind the of Judeo Christian God. Um, if we start if we start blaming the opponents, then a bit touchy. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> I will not look. Thank Okay, thank you very much for that. I would like to welcome the Leader of
0: the Opposition, yeah.
9: ah. Honourable friends, thank you very much. OK, so I'd like to begin with um, a similar one. Um, in relation to your uh, excellent opening, uh, Mr. Uh, Rogers, it seems that you sort of t- make some assumptions and such. I've already mentioned my point about jurisdiction, which you still have not operated uh, really on. Um, after all, God, in the sense that he is a deity, is not of this world. Why would we, as mere humans, have legal jurisdiction over his realm? Now, you also seem to brush over the idea that like, we have free will. We make choices for ourselves. You have never adopted a business. Why not? What? the digress. I would like to build on this idea of putting God on trial in a physical sense. There are many, many issues with this. For a start, I've already mentioned uh, the, the jurisdiction. How did we get him here? We <laughs> you need an address for a song? Want that
0: one? Yeah. I was the first one up. Oh, bummer. <laughs> <laughs> All <on> that points.
6: <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever watched the film Miracle on Pretty Forest?
9: <laughs> <laughs> <know>.
10: <laughs>
9: so, how did we get in here? And... What would we do to restrain him? He is a deity. <laughs> he may be a spirit. He may be all around us. How do we uh, put him in the trial box? So you haven't elaborated on that. So what would we do? And Mr. Billy's gonna elaborate on this, whenever we actually convict him, we're gonna say, bold And then what do we do? Do we put him lock him up in a cell? And I even give the assumption that it's a hymn. And again, you haven't elaborated on which God you're talking about. You say they're they're all gods. Well, does that include well Satan? Because in the Ezekiel community, Satan is one of the gods. There is a lot you could say. About it. So you mentioned as well uh, the rules and standards in warfare. This is a point of rebuttal upon this first. Uh, I don't know what sort of wars that you have fought in, Mr. Mr. Rogers, but there are conflicts, and no standards in conflict. The Iraq War, you mentioned, was merely for putting Saddam Hussein on trial. I'm sure there are a lot of people in here that would question that. Mm. <laughs> also, the plague of locusts you mentioned. You're taking this without any evidence. We, we, are know, <laughs> we, we are talking about a trial. We are talking about a trial, after all, based on empirical evidence. You're an empiricist, yes? On that point, sir. Oh. Yes. Okay. <laughs>
6: the rare, it is written in the very book that you go into court, you, and when you're on trial, place your hand upon, and swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing about the truth.
9: Well, I would argue there's an avenue in that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you're taking the word of a book that's been written over, what is it now, 2,000 years ago? The Plague of books you actually mentioned was based on eyewitness accounts, correct? <laughs>
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
9: So, what do uh, you say to that, I said? Um, we also must look at the, the, the chance of conviction. I mean, there's an awful lot of evidence to consider over 2,000 years' worth. So it would be a very long trial, if anything, again adding to the difficulties of logistics. I've already mentioned what we would do to him. And it would also bring the court itself into disrepute if we were to feel in this conviction. It would be throwing the gates open to anybody to make any sort of crime because we can't convict God. So in that sense, it seems silly, but nevertheless, We must always remember that God is indeed partly a figment of our imaginations. I even bring in David Hume here, who talks about the natural history of religion um, as an an almost necessary part of our natural lives. And the argument can be made that it is indeed a fictional character. So how can we put a fictional character on trial? And this is obviously coming from a quite agnostic slash atheist point of view. But then again, we also have to bring in all the different variations of God. I mentioned this at the beginning as well. There's an awful lot that people would consider God. Some consider the sun to be God. What would we do him? <laughs> <laughs> would we a star, a star
6: on track? No i no. I've been reading it point. did um, Argument with the Judeo Christian God, not
9: the pagan God or this blank getting monster or El Honor. No, I'm not going to ever mention Judeo Christianity at all. I
0: did.
9: Can I go back first? You can <laughs> But, okay, right, you've mentioned Judeo Christianity. Okay. Well, some people don't consider the Judeo Christian gods as gods. So we are, you're talking about the UN here. You're talking about the UN here. we are supposed to be equal, so we have to take the opinions of everybody into this. So, in that case, what do we do if the Son, as God, has to go on trial?
4: <laughs>
9: Which actually uh, demonstrates my point as well. You know, It can be a fictional, it can be a, a thing that has no thought, it can be anything, in fact. to we put everything on trial? I certainly do not think so. And on that, I will digress.
7: Thank you very much for that. Um, I've like had to talk the deputy prime minister in case for the opening of the board. Hey. Thank you very much. Um, thank you, leader uh, of the opposition. Uh, before I get stuck in, I'd like to make some uh, points of rebuttal. I believe, although it was eloquent, I think there's a numerous amount of contradictions between what was argued here. He cites the legal jurisdiction over whatever um, whatever realm uh, the organisation of God might exist in. However, that shouldn't stop us from going halfway across the planet. We're humans. We're quite in, uh, we're quite uh, practical. We're quite uh, <clears throat> innovative. So it doesn't explain why we wouldn't at least try to. And that, and that really gets into his main argument. That is that. This is this plagued with practical problems about putting the organisation of God on trial. However, first, he cites that it would be impossible to uh, indict him. However, we, what, we ha- or what we see
9: and what is distributed around the planet today is the world's best-selling
7: confession, realistically. I mean, the red lines that the Prime Minister mentioned, such as using biological weapons on citizens, Torture, creating Kim Kardashian. These are not things that we should hold, no, these are things that we must hold to account. <clears throat> and finally, he also invokes well, what entity would we put on trial? Every, a man might believe in nature, might be God, one man might believe that it's his cousin. We are here to judge. <laughs> However, we invoked um, the, inter- uh, the International Criminal Court and other international organizations that would realistically be used to ho- host this trial. That means we could assume that the organization of God, as in, not as an ideology, as an amorphous entity, but rather as an office or maybe a title, and that is held by an individual. And that would be who we would hold on trial. Um, so my point is, our, my major argument is two. Uh, it has two points. Um, the first of all, we <clears throat> it would be uh, essential if we are to subscribe to the values that are in the basis of the UN and other uh, uh, <clears throat> other parts of international law. And if we didn't do it, we would fundamentally do a disservice to our own state of principles. And second of all, this trial is necessary. If what is described in the holy books as what actually transpired, there must be more of the story than the culprit's confession. Yeah, we must not. work into it. So, you second?
9: On <coughs> that point, um, Joe, oh was God, as in the Judeo-, Judeo Christian God that uh, Mr. Rogers mentioned initially? Um, did he not warn the, the people that, that their actions would bring these consequences? Uh, yes, I understand your statement. Saddam Hussein were the Kurds before
7: he invaded. <laughs> that doesn't quite make him innocent of genocide. All right, um, so that point. So, <clears throat> our human understanding of justice is based on fundamental universal values. This was accepted post World War II, as the Prime Minister has already stated. <clears throat> Cooperation, dignity, international telegram, these are all at the heart of what we understand to be the order. <clears throat> and as I said, we must do everything in our power to implement and universalize these, these ideologies. They are fundamentally, universally good. So if most of the population of the planet is deceived into believing the accounts of, uh, <clears throat> of a supposedly benevolent entity, then it is of the tr- it is in the pursuit of truth that we must investigate what this individual has been up to. Yeah, I'll take your point. Yeah, on that point,
3: well, you, you talk about deception, you talk about the population being deceived that there is a good God. Well, how do you know that there is a bad God? How do you know that God must be
7: bad? It must
3: be, but would you elaborate? Because I feel like that's really
7: nice. I'll be honest, that is what I kind of whenever I first read the motion, what I imagined, I had this idea of this you know Fedora wearing guardian reading, katana wielding guy who would go up and immediately prescribe the values given to him by Richard Dawkins. But what I would, what I what I would implore, rather, is that irregardless of the result of such a trial, we should do our best to collaborate and acquire information and then use that to make an evidence-based decision that everyone can accept, <coughs> which may or may not exist. But it is of our duty to do it, at least endeavour So <coughs> furthermore, I was about the idea of the red lines that were stated earlier, <coughs> such as uh, justice, uh, justice and freedom. Um, the, the, and the ability to wake up in your own sick weatherman, uh, weather screens on Friday morning. <laughs> yeah. This idea is fundamental to British democracy. The idea that we are all equal and that we all must be held accountable to our own standards. On that point, sir. Uh, okay, fair. Uh, as majesty, who I
1: mentioned earlier, is considered the point of justice <laughs> in the British system. I can put it that we, our system already acknowledges inequality, and some people are Republican.
7: Well, but, but that does not discount the idea that uh, whenever we come forming our political decisions, or ones which actually affect practical issues, that there is an equal responsibility, not just a right, to get involved in public decision-making. So, carrying that on, onward, the British idea of fair play. Seen at work in such a trial. <clears throat> so, to summarise, what uh, the, our government case so far has been, <clears throat> we would implore the creation of a public inquiry, perhaps along along the lines of recent uh, <clears throat> of the of recent ones. And we would fund when we would do this mainly to implement not just our international obligations to fundamental values. But also, in order to truly understand who this this shady, mysterious individual who seems to have a colossal influence over how we organise our day-to-day lives, and on that, I rest the government's case. Thank you very much, and I'd like to welcome the Deputy
1: Leader of the Opposition to continue the case for the. Thank you, Madam President, uh, members of the government. (laughs) A couple of points of rebuttal, first of all. Um, The the point of legal jurisdiction was brought up. You you certainly or affirmed that such a deity would fall within any legal jurisdiction, (coughs) uh, particularly that of the United Nations. But I would contend that to extend the jurisdiction of a court after the fact, is against the fundamental principles of justice. On that point, unless you, in case you want to criticise this, I would say, therefore, that the Nuremberg trials were unjust in that the laws that they prosecuted did not exist at the time of the commission of the crown. Now, you also called the world of God the world's best-selling confession. And I ask you, what court would find the Bible permissible as evidence? You yourself said it may or may not be true. If there is that question over the fundamental evidence in the prosecution's case, can the prosecution really bring forward a case if there are one piece of evidence is so contested? And the point that you made about uh, Saddam Hussein didn't warn the Kurds, or he did warn the Kurds, therefore that doesn't matter. The point is, the point is, God was a lawmaker. Human beings fell within his jurisdiction. He was entitled to set out his laws and the penalties for breaking those laws. Sodom and Gomorrah brought it upon themselves by violating the acknowledged law. Of that jurisdiction. Oh,
6: yes. Is that not <laughs> a disgraceful victim <effect>
1: blaming? <laughs> Only insofar as the concept of a criminal justice system with penalties <laughs> <to> victim
2: blaming.
1: <laughs> and if that is your argument, then you have a lot to answer about your idea to put God on trial. <laughs> no. To get in to the substance of my case, finally, and leave them. As we set out, there are logistical problems with putting God on trial. We mentioned a few through. I would add that the very fact, the very fact that we are using evidence unlikely to be permissible, the fact that we don't know where God lives, the fact that we don't even know if he exists, means we could not fulfil the legal principle. No, thank you. We could not fulfil the legal principle. That to be in the public interest, a trial needs, or a prosecution needs a reasonable chance of success. If we don't even know if the accused exists, I would argue that there is no reasonable chance of success. Therefore, the prosecution is not in the public interest. It would be a legal nonsense, as I suggested, to put on trial an entity who is above the law. I brought up the British monarch. You may bring up to me the trial of Charles I, and I suggest that was a legal nonsense. Treason was defined as a crime against the person of the sovereign. The sovereign, therefore, cannot be held guilty of that. Now, even if we did. Go ahead. Up. go ahead. Go ahead.
2: By this point, Charles had been defeated in a war, he was no longer the sovereign. Mm-hmm. Oliver Cromwell was the new sovereign.
1: Well Cromwell wasn't the sovereign yet, um, but the, the point is that I don't think a successful rebellion is any less treasonous than an unsuccessful one. No thank you, but you No. We come now to the point of what do we do next? Even if we do get God into your courtroom, even if we do manage to convince him not to smite us all at first time questioning him, what will be the consequences of this trial? What sentence could we possibly pass? A custodial sentence would have no impact on God because he is ever-present, or he is omnipresent. A fine would have no impact upon God. It's not even sure that he has any money, and if he does, he probably is not likely to run out.
9: On that point, sir. A death
1: penalty – no, thank you, Mr. Secretary – a death penalty is unlikely to succeed. As the song goes, he is immortal, invisible, God-only wise. Bring the court into such disrespect, dispute as we set out, if we cannot even enforce a conviction? Where does that lead us in the search for justice? And even if we were able to execute a sentence upon God, and even if we were able to get him into court and find him guilty, what implications would that have? God if he exists, and we have to assume for the purposes of this that he does, otherwise the be have to put him on trial, does a lot of good stuff. He heals people. He brings peace. He saves humanity. Who's going to do that oh, on that, that one? <laughs> Who's going to do that <laughs> if you execute or fine or imprison well, him? Yes, please. If I do a
10: million good things but still murder someone in
1: my basement, I'm still going to be put on trial for that murder in my basement. <laughs> Again, only if prosecution is in the public interest, and if conviction risks damning humanity, as as it is not in the public interest, to proceed with such a prosecution. But more fundamentally, he gives people meaning in their lives. Even even if there is no God, it is true that many people who come to the conclusion through simple reason, that there is no value or meaning in the universe, like to turn to religion as a way out of that, as a way to reassure them that in fact there is. Now, if it could be proven that not only does God exist, but he is also <coughs> not who really these people think he is, that he can be killed, that he can be imprisoned, that he can be found, what will that do to the fear that sustains so many of those human beings whose rights the Proposition is so concerned with. Ladies and gentlemen, I rest the opening opposition's case. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'd like
0: to the Member of Government to continue the Proposition of KISS.
10: Ladies and gentlemen, the theory the team closing government today is going to extend the case by team opening government by bringing a bit more nuance. And this nuance is going to consist of not automatically assuming that God actually exists. What I'm going to start with is a couple of things on how this debate should be judged. Secondly, about the definitions that have been given and what we are going to run within our case, and the definition we are giving, for example, to God, what definition we are giving to we as this house would. Um, and then i'm going to go into the case why there's actually considerable benefits to putting god on a mantra so first of all we think that this debate should be judged on the basis of which team actually provides you with the most realistic conception of God for the purposes of this debate. Second of all, which team can actually provide you why a trial would be legitimized or not be legitimized, and thirdly, whether or not, as already stated by opening opposition, this is actually going to have some benefits, whether there are going to be consequences to putting on a trial, or whether those consequences are good or bad, we're going to argue that they're very, very good indeed. So that the got a definition by Finbar as first speaker. Then the second speaker sort of gave a new definition. We're just going to go with the first speaker's definition because that's the first because we're in the debate. So we're going to use Finbar's definition of putting the Judeo-Christian God on truck So if we were looking at the idea of God, we're not going to automatically assume that God exists. I think a lot of speakers in this debate already were doubting about the conceptual and technical difficulties to putting a God on trouble, right? I mean, what will we do when we finally get if the past has God, we put him in a prison or whatever. Um, what um, uh, if uh, what God determines what morality is, and how can we ever like, negatively um, put him on trial? What are the legal jurisdictions? Um, why would God even care what we do with him? Um, and what happens if God doesn't even exist? How are you going to put a non-existent being on trial? We think that regardless of whether God actually exists or whether uh, we actually exercise any kind of power over him, if he exists, um, we think that it's still very good to have this trial for a couple of reasons. We think that God is essentially something that is constructed by his followers. There's a lot written on God in theological scripture, in scripture itself, that is going together to create this idea in society of what God is, what God's laws are, what God's purposes and what God's actions are in the Bible and later on in the form of miracles etc. We think that these followers define God at the start of any religion, but this is a process that continues So, later in the 14th century, we have people writing on God, in the 15th century, and so on, and even today, we have a lot of different interpretations of God, mm-hmm. who God is, depending on which religion we belong to and which sect within that religion you belong to. On that point, we know in a moment. We think that this house is going to be a stake, and we think that the court we're going to hold God uh, on trial is going to be a mock court, precisely because even if, if God is a tangible being, we probably cannot exercise any power of him, and if there's a very likely personally convinced this doesn't actually exist. So that would be helpful. So why is it actually important that we put the idea of God, rather than God as a, a tangible being, on track? We think that Judean Christian heritage has been at the fundamentals of much of Western thought and much of Western literature, right? For example, one of the things that comes out of Christianity, which is not, for example, present in of all cultures, is the early idea of non cyclical time, like uh, which facilitates the idea of progress thinking, which is at the basis of the Enlightenment, and we're still living in a post-Enlightenment world. We think that this entire idea of progress is also relatively important in this debate, right? Because. Um, even if the idea of God inspired many good deeds, we also think that the idea of God inspired a great deal bad deeds, like hatred, bigotry, and injustice all over the world. And we see that we are currently living in a society where there's a tension with our religious heritage and our current um, liberal progressive ideas of thinking. right? Just to name two things, gay marriage and abortions are currently a huge debate in Northern Ireland, and mostly a lot of components. Uh, or uh, people against allowing gay marriage and abortion are putting their arguments in the religious terms. So we are seeing that there is a large um, uh, tension between secular mode and uh, religious mode And we want um, to put it as a state very clear which parts of Christianity of the Judeo-Christian heritage we actually still think are relevant to the state, are relevant to the modern world, and which parts are not. So how are we going to do this, right? How are we going to put any kind of um, idea there? Which parts of this do we actually not find compatible with our current ideals? Which parts do we actually do find compatible with our cities? For this, we probably need some kind of highest possible proof, right? We probably need to hold some kind of course in which we look at the idea of God, in which we look at the idea of the Judeo-Christian religion, and see, all right, so under our current ideas uh, and under what we want to be doing as a society, we would probably condone this, and we would probably put him in trial for things like this, right? We would probably put God in trial for commanding the Israelite tribe to butcher uh, another tribe they were at war with, to take their children away as slaves and to rape their women. We would probably see that this is something we would hold God accountable for in modern-day society, and this is something that, in a mock war, we could convict God of doing. This has a couple of really good benefits. First of all, there is many religious people. I would dare to say that almost 100% of Christians and. and Jews living today would probably condone this type of as well, right? People are very, very um, aware of the fact that phrases like this are there in the Bible, are there in the Torah, and that it's something that is not compatible with how they think about the world. So they're very conscious about this, and they actually want to absorb God of these kinds of things. They want to actually have the mechanism that says, all right, we recognize that these are the things that we do not find compatible with our current society, we are recognizing um, that we would God, put God on trial for these things, we would, as a consequence of human that, we would, um, we cannot really pass any kind of sentence on God, but we can allow this sort of mock trial to say, all right, we, are, we find God guilty of these and these and these things. So that provides clarity to us, which parts of religion and which parts of the concepts of God are actually still viable in modern society, and absorb a lot of the tensions which are currently going on um, between people arguing uh, different points on this. We see that if we provide a very, very Christian ideology of absorbing people of their sins, and then leading uh, them to actually uh, a more virtuous life, a life that can be more meaningful, we can absorb God of his sins by putting in trial, saying we can hold God accountable for this, but we also recognize that the idea of God is very important to a lot of people, that God gives a lot of meaning to people in their lives, and that we can actually seek to emphasize these parts while putting them on trial for these parts and um, taking that out of what we currently conceive to be good. Therefore, we would kill that part of God by putting it on trial and we would improve society. Therefore, we have proven you a better and more logical conception of God. We have put why it is justified to put him on trial and we have proven to you that it has very good consequences. Thank you.
0: I'd like to welcome
3: the uh, member of the opposition to the debate. First of all, I would like to thank the, um, the um, Member of proposition for his, uh, for his speech. I have to admit, I felt rather well prepared until I heard it. And, uh, <laughs> so I will do my best now. First, to respond with a few points to the leader of the proposition, and then also to go on to Kevin's wonderful speech, which I felt provided a mechanism and uh, defined the motion in a way that perhaps was a bit more clear than the, first, um, the leader of the proposition. Um, but uh, before, before I before I do that, I would like to refute the, or I would like to argue with the point that Finbar was just defining the motion as talking about the Judeo-Christian God. I think um, this was a more more broad claim that God that anything that God should be put on top. Uh, first, we need to analyze. We have to understand that what this motion. First, if we're talking about a, a Judeo-Christian God, and saying uh, he is he is evil and then say, we, we have to put a on trial. That's no more convincing than saying, OK, there's a tasty apple there. Um, on that one seven. was think? And um, surely, this
4: is an example of how this has ruled the story for <us. laughs> So with the proposition,
3: I, I'm feeling split here, because Kevin has attacked the idea of faith. And um, these guys have attacked the idea of a Judeo-Christian God for the most part, or a God in general. But I feel like if we are talking about a concept of some God, we need to clearly define what is good, how is it defined? If God is simply good, then He is rather arbitrarily um, not fit for or he, he won't be put up, He can't be found guilty of anything by definition. So if we, we, can't, we can't take that approach. If we take the other approach, we, um, we have to try and justify the ideal of faith. We have to try and justify what can faith, what benefits can faith have. Um, and I think, while well, religion has led to some bad things, I think a personal a personal faith need not be a bad thing at all. If we have something like a, how do you say, a very subjective set of experiences, each each life is so individual, then of course we must leave room for things like feelings, things like freedom of conscience. And I feel like simply disbanding the whole notion of um, any faith in total is
7: an is, is well, unfortunate mistake Yes go ahead. Well we routinely do make uh, critical judgments based on our understanding of uh, understanding of justice and what people freely think. This is why we went to war in World War II against Nazism an ideology that, that created.
3: The thing is what we don't have is a conception of justice that has been presented by your side. And unfortunately if we don't have that until we have that, we cannot put God on trial for anything. If we are judging God based on our laws, if we are judging God based on our laws, then you need to provide evidence that he has broken such such laws. If we are doing something else, if we're trying to find a universal, a general idea of good, then what is it? Um, I I, I take your point. Um, But here's an interesting thought experiment. Let's imagine there is a God. Let's imagine we really want to put a God on trial, even just a mock trial. Um, Here's an interesting question. Could we really find God responsible for his actions? Could we find anyone responsible, ultimately responsible, for their actions? Let's let's imagine, how does God make his decisions? What are his decisions? What what enables his decisions? What causes his decisions? This is the question about causality. It's a philosophical question. If we imagine God's decisions are caused by something, then eventually we we get a regression of... We get causes going back and back and back and back. Eventually causes that may lead outside God or causes that
10: will have nothing to do with Him. Yes? Do you realize that in our case it doesn't actually matter if God is actually doing those things, but whether those things have attributed to be God and are living on a current society is having, done, having been done by God? Well, to some extent I can see a point. I mean, we,
3: we, we would still imprison and punish a, a murderer even if we found him clinically insane, even though we would probably not punch them as much, but the problem is clearly that we still cannot, cannot prove that God, or even anyone, is ultimately responsible for their actions. This is a philosophical claim. It goes back to Galen Strawson, perhaps, some of you might have read him. It's, it's a very interesting thing, whether we believe in causality or we don't, if we believe God's actions are caused by definite things, we get a regression of causes that lead outside, outside somewhere outside of God himself. Or herself, and if we believe instead that there is no causality, what do we have? Without causality, there is just randomness. There is just random, random flux random things happening. And how <laughs> can that? How can we? How, how can there be any deserve? How can there be any punishment or reward in such a situation? Give me a case that there is truly ever a re- a, a true, true way to make someone deserve something or to
6: make <laughs> someone. All right, on that point, sorry. <laughs> right. Surely, the very point of the omnipotent God is that he is responsible for everything. Uh, I'm, sure,
3: uh, I'm not sure if, if, God, just, if God just is, how, how is he responsible for being? <laughs> <laughs> it, so so God, if, you get this regression, is God res, responsible for his it goes backwards. Is God responsible for His what what omnipotence and is, is uh, what what caused that? And do you understand what I'm saying? It's 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 a difficult case you're making because I think you're saying God just is and it just is that way, but why is if God just is omnipotent, why why yeah? Well, sorry. I'm getting a bit lost. <laughs> I'd be happy to to finish my case just by summarizing briefly. We we first of all have. A, a, Idea of faith criticized, um, and uh, if we I, the, the opposition would like to make the case that faith is personal, faith doesn't inflict damage on uh, on other people. It's perfectly acceptable, perfectly acceptable thing. Why wouldn't it be indeed freedom of conscience, freedom of religion? Has been a founding tenet of many of our governments, the United States most notably, Um, and and even indeed the the lack of freedom of faith, freedom of conscience, has caused much trouble. I mean, think, think of the Spanish Inquisition, think of all these different things where people have been restricted from having the freedom to believe something for themselves. This is a critical point. Secondly, if we are really putting a God on trial, the proposition has not made it clear by what standards we're putting Him on trial, and that God is ultimately responsible for the very thing that we're putting Him on trial for. So I would like to end by making the case that however we want to interpret this motion, whether with Caravan's way or with Finbar's way, the the, the the point simply does not stand. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'd like to welcome the government to close the case for the
2: The extension speaker here on the opposition, is that um, we've got this idea on our extension team of removing this personal context of faith. This is not what we're talking about at all. There's still a personal context for everybody. We don't disband the idea of faith. We don't disband the idea of God. However, we merely want to have discussion on the parts of faith. That do not fit with our current society and do not fit with our Western liberal values. So, my job here on, as the closing whip is to firstly sum up the debate and then secondly to explain why we on the extension team have given a better argument and a more defined argument than the opening government. So, firstly, we would like to stitch to the idea of a Judeo Christian God. This is what we promised. However, what we can mention is that even if our case is put into a different religious context, it can still hold. We can still have the idea of exploring faith within a trial, within the estate, in order to expand the parts and discuss the parts that do not fit with our society. So, we have provided this idea of a legitimate definition of God, the Judeo-Christian God, which is a construction which is under continual development and interpretation. On our side of the house, in the extension, we would establish a mock court in order to put the idea of God on trial, this construction of God that has inspired many good things, but has also inspired many bad things. We found this tension within our religious heritage and our our Western values and we've got no wish at all here to generalise. But there is an understanding that many of the arguments against certain Western liberal ideas, such as abortion and gay marriage, do come from a religious standpoint. Um, so, we want to find these ideas. Let's find these ideas of finding God guilty. We want to find these ideas that work for modern society. And we can build upon to create a better modern society. We're not disputing the idea that God can improve, the idea of God can improve people and help people to help us move forward as a society. What we are disputing is the idea of God that we're currently holding is not beneficial to that end. So, we do, in rebuttal to Jeremy's point about causality, we do believe in causality. However, <laughs> there is a responsibility for the leader to understand and to take responsibility for the actions of the followers. The actions of the followers of God are the responsibility of the idea of God. If the construction of God did not exist and this idea of God did not exist, the actions of the followers would not happen and therefore causally God takes responsibility for those ideas. At the moment we've got even closing ops still working with the idea of the existence of God. Jeremy still says about the idea of the personal context of faith and... But we've proven that this is not necessary. We've been proven that this idea of God can only be an idea in the air. It doesn't need to be a tangible experience of God, a tangible God that we can put in the trial box and make to swear on his own Bible. This is an ideal. And we're working with this ideal, and we've proven that this you know, tangibility, this graspingness of God is, is not necessary. On that point. Yeah. Well,
1: uh, given you've acknowledged the role of God in underpinning so many of our Western values, and I would argue, epistemology, does a trial of God such as this not risk destabilising its own foundation?
2: Okay, that's, that's, yeah. That's an interesting point. Um, however, um, what I would argue there is this isn't a trial in that we're trying to, you know, um, we're trying to find God guilty as such. What we're trying to do is use this trial in order to have a discussion. This isn't a trial to find, you know, okay, God has murdered this many people. But this is a trial of the idea of God and the idea to discuss and the idea to understand. And to understand what it is that makes our society into this Western liberal society and how we can develop on those ideas and improve that society and move on as as people, you know, into, um, into a better society. And that works, you know with any context, like, I mean, we've had Jeremy say that this cannot just apply to a Judeo-Christian God, however, this can work with, you know, any, any God at all. This can be applied to any context in order to improve um, and kind of change the, the ideals of society to build on the ideals of society that we have. Um, so I think this, this really is beneficial in, in any modern society. Okay, so um, to sum up. The opening um, the opening proposition have kind of brought this idea of a Judeo-Christian God, but really in our opinion on the extension team, that's all they've really brought. Um, the majority of their argument is pretty convoluted and it just goes round in circles. Um, what we've tried to do is to improve on that, to build on that, and to bring this idea of a mock court and the idea of a legitimate idea of God and a construction and a continual development of God and we need to build and work on the ideals in order to improve our Western society. Um, the, the point of clash, really, here is that God exists. Um, and the, um, the opposition have continued to argue this idea of the existence of God, even though we have proven time and time again that this is not necessary for our case. And so, therefore, we win on this point of clash. Um, and the. the um, this argument that basically kind of um, we've refuted all of their arguments, and that they're, we can stick to the idea of a Judeo-Christian God, or we can move to a further different type of God, and it still holds the personal, the idea of this development, and the idea of this improvement still holds. Um, causality does exist, but we agree with this idea of responsibility and this idea of development for Absolutely. minutes up um, and. And, I mean, there's this idea of the personal context for God, but we don't expand this idea of faith. We don't expand the religious beliefs of people. We just want to build on we just want to improve on our society and to continue with the development that Christianity has brought or um, Judaism has bought. And um, that's time. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, uh, we just want to improve on the ideas that uh, religion has brought to our society and improve on the building of our Western values. Thank you.
0: The opposition and the game for this evening is opposition with Thank you
8: very much. Yeah. A very good evening to your distinguished members of Dreadhouse. The, the case is adamantly clear. My team members have very clearly shown that God can simply not be put on trial. To start with, I would just like to focus on a couple of points of rebuttal um, before I extend the points made by my team members. First, I'd like to start with Universal Standards. Where do you draw the line with Universal Standards? We live in a world with different cultures, ethics and ideas. What I might suggest. just and right might not be what yourselves think is just unright. and right and you though admittedly there are some terrible atrocities that I think it's helpful for us to draw a distinction putting a point. Point.
2: Oh, no. No. <laughs> on that
8: putting putting this level of power in, in into us will open this avenue up to all kinds of level of manipulation.
2: On that point.
8: <laughs> and just, i really for a bottle of, uh, um, the propositions much um, that you don't have to assume, um, that God exists to put God on trial. Yes you do. <laughs> like, there would be no point of having a trial. On that point Sarah
6: point. The solution is very clear. Yeah. If God answers the summons, then he exists. <laughs> if he doesn't respond to the summons, then we send him a
7: fine. <laughs> yeah. But like for God to be accountable of something
8: that you have to like accept that he exists. It's just a ridiculously flawed argument. Um, and <laughs> to um, to Russell Jermak who was talking about that um, you're not disbanding faith by putting God on trial. yes you are you're like fundamentally undermining what faith is if you're a Christian you believe you are here because of the God or if you're a um and your religion, in fact, it's...
2: On that point. As, well, no. Basically, we're not. We're not saying that you should um, disband the idea, tie the idea of faith. We're just saying you need to reassess it, you know, like... What Christians today believe you know you shouldn't wear cotton on Sundays? We don't take the Bible literally anymore, you know. We have moved on from it and we've developed it. So, why can't we do that via a trial?
8: I believe there are fundamental aspects of the Christian faith which are set. And I think in what you're doing, you are dismantling faith. Um, and also, um, so, Gemma, you. Have set out how you think um, we should put to trial in the practical um, practical consideration, but how is it fair that you, like why should we have that power to make
7: such a decision? Okay, on that point, well as we defined we have accepted the universality of uh, very basic principles, it's not nuanced political philosophy. We're saying like the right to life, the right not to be strapped in an armchair and car battery to death. These are not particularly complex. They are they are that gives us the authority in these troubles.
8: But if life comes from God, do we have that authority? Okay. So to extend the point of the Prime Minister <laughs> I completely agree, it would be an absolute logistical nightmare. I mean, how do you get him there? Who would get involved? Who would decide which country would decide to put him on trial? What judges would be no, worthy on that of putting God on trial? It's, it's like a question. We mentioned the United Nations and international law, or were you by a okay tea? Um,
6: okay,
8: I still come back to my original point. Like, do not think it means we have the right to put them in trial. Okay. Also, put so the point that we're just focusing on um, a Christian God, if You know, you want to do this to make society better and fairer, which I don't think it will do, and I will come to that um, towards the end of my um, speech. I should hope everybody here um, wants a society that is equal um, and fair, and surely we can't be prioritising one religion over another. Surely that is diminishing other people's... faith.
7: On that point? Well, the case which we made was fundamentally that these these crimes represent a roadblock to moving towards a society that embraces these deal- ideals. You have to have double think. And that as we consider it is a, is a philosophical hangover.
8: Okay. Um, as I've got out of time, I'm going to slide, I'm gonna move on to my conclusion. Um and hopefully persuade you um, why we simply can't put God on trial. God is love. Christianity, <laughs> Christianity, um, Islam, and people of all religions have done so much good, as this team has um, Both teams have quite rightly admitted. Um, and there will simply be no point or benefit of putting God on trial. Like, how, how would this stop anything or progress anything? I, like, I really don't think this team has made um, the benefits of um, putting God on trial especially clear, because I don't think they are clear.
5: Uh, enjoy. <laughs> <laughs> we shall give the judges time to deliberate. Any added on the PTA? Uh, the Georgia
2: Georgia <laughs> They're going to try and do a ten minutes. Can I just uh, mention, Robbie? Yes. <gasps> I'm really really really, 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 proud to propose.
5: Nothing we have there. Uh, <laughs> So, uh, this is not reported by the judges at all. And this isn't really consequential, but for the sake of the day. Uh, do we have any questions for the proposition this evening and any of the arguments that they have made? No? <laughs> no. How'd you do? Um, I would have a question
9: to the first speaker who put forward the idea of bringing that you a Christian God. My point would be if you're saying to bring a Judeo Christian God to court, that would mean to believe in him. It would not make more sense than to convert Christianity. There actually is a wide case history of people trying to bring that God to um, trial.
5: jokes, friends, the Moses, and you can see how the airbirds end up. If you like, you can have one from each team to respond. So, Harry, if, any, if you'd like to go first. Sorry, the
9: question was. Joe's chief, the killer, and the Um. If you are bringing God of Judeo Christianity to court, that means you believe in that would it not make more sense given that we
4: context sort of a kind of God to convert to Christianity?
6: For us to convert to Christianity. For yourself, for you want to bring Oh God that was the point I made as I was speaking, that um, as we live in a Western world, which is largely Christian it just makes sense from our point of view to put the Christian God, the, the Judeo Christian God, on trial. Um there sure can be other mechanisms for, you know, Allah and Moses, <laughs> Mao, I tolek and meanie and uh um, Judy Dench. <laughs> um,
10: but we think it makes particular sense. Um, sorry. We think it makes particular sense on the metric of our case that you try a God in which you also actually uh, believe. Even um, uh, so, you can try a God if you don't believe in it, and say, "All right, we think that these elements of this particular religion, of this particular conception of God, fit in with the way we want to organize our society." but also particularly if you are religious and believe in a certain God, that you strictly and critically evaluate which parts of that religion you actually adhere to, or which parts of that conception of God you actually would find condemnable if he were actually in that court, and allow that sort of mock process to uh, be um, an evaluation of which part of that religion you adhere to, and which part you condemn. Something opposition all you.
5: Mm-hmm. What that,
1: um. Direction. Obviously, yeah. obviously, to a certain extent, I agree with, with the question. Um, the fundamentals are: if God does exist, can not put Montreal. If he doesn't, can not put Montreal. <laughs>
5: <laughs> <laughs> Closing off. Breathe your balls away first.
3: Oh. <laughs> I have to. I have to agree with him. Um, what it really boils down to, I think, is that if, if God did exist, and I, th- I think your point was much, it, it, it didn't need so much discussion, if the Judeo Christian God really existed, <laughs> then putting him on trial wouldn't accomplish much. But I take the point of the, the closing proposition.
5: Okay, any questions for the opposition? Really? <laughs> <laughs> no? Uh, any of staying on the motion? Anyone would like to make any changes? Oh, well, sorry, each of oh, you. Richard. Oh, sorry. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, I'm going to go with the opposition. Okay, well, I'm um, going to go with the opposition first. Okay,
10: so you've, uh, you've, you've brought up the, the, the case of how impossible it is to bring God to trial, which is fair enough. I mean, the likelihood of that actually exists in some of the masculinity, that's very unlikely. <laughs> but the... Um, what would your thoughts on bringing
3: the leaders of the case in question to trial and um, speak for? Go? go. Totally. Uh,
1: well, it's not strictly relevant to the motion, I suppose, but I can give you my personal view. Um, I wouldn't, because I think that would assume. I would still assume one way or another because if, 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 if you brought, for example, the Pope to trial for the Crusades, then, uh, then you're assuming that God doesn't exist because the book should stop with him. Uh, and a central argument from our side was the impossibility of knowing either way. Um, that, that's a sort of response. <laughs> you don't have
3: to say um, well, I mean, I think
7: it's a separate question. Putting a person on trial is, mm. is something we might do and we should do,
3: in accordance with our laws. But um, because God is such an abstract concept, I mean, we don't see a God, we don't feel, feel a God. At least most people don't. Um, <laughs> I, th- I think it's a different issue. But uh, yeah, so yes, but maybe not uh, with. Maybe that doesn't fit into this context of the debate.
6: can to go? Well, um, that is effectively what you said is the plot of a film starring Billy Conley yeah, yeah. entitled The Man Who Sued God. <laughs> uh, and I think I remember that word out pretty well for him. Um, but uh, in any kind of trial, the defendant is represented, and unless they um, represent themselves, which it um, doesn't happen very often. Um, you will be represented by your lawyers, and in this case I imagine a Garland's lawyer will be Pope Francis. <laughs> Going on. Uh, um, I mean, that doesn't, doesn't really fit with our definition of promotion. You know, like our definition of promotion was to define the concept of God, you know, and to put the concept of God on trial. So, therefore, that would be quite pointless. Do you have a percentage
2: point? Yeah, I suppose my point is there's maybe just like a massive elephant in the room, no one has mentioned statute of limitations. What? So, well, how how far back are
0: you going to go? Because hmm. it, yeah, hmm. or is it just in the, like, since the UN has been forced the things that got us
5: into everything? Don't open and go. I'd like to address the elephant?
1: Oh, oh. <laughs> uh, oh. Well, that's a bit
7: harsh. <laughs> well, that's the that's
4: really good. Oh my god. Sorry. As the
7: proposition has defined, we will have a public inquiry of <laughs> in historical crimes. Um... If we take that and just deal with the crimes that are being committed on behalf of the leader of the organization, uh, such as, just out of curiosity, uh, the Lord's Army in Nigeria, which are religiously inspired by the radical writings and uh, teachings of this mysterious individual, then if we draw that forward, then surely then he's still responsible for crimes. Although if we're dealing with specifically with how far should go back, with even as, no matter how you define that, he's still responsible for crimes
10: today. So. But mm-hmm. we go. Um, I think we actually sort of addressed the elephant in the room uh, during our speeches by saying that we are really looking at the technical, legal uh, possibilities of actually putting God on trial and looking at a way we hold held accountable for the murder of these people and doing this and this um, like a long time ago. But we're looking at um, how we pass moral judgments on things that happened a long time ago and we are to that That's something we actually already do every single day. When looking back, at these things were done in that time, would we still agree with them if they were happening now? Um, so, in that sense, um, we think it justifies bit of those books.
9: Yeah, I think it's an important point in terms of time frame. Um, if God is eternal, well, that's an awful lot of evidence. To consider, um, and of course, we, in this trial, we wouldn't want to um, give him a sentence that was below what he deserves. Sorry, I mean the assumption that it's a he anyway. Um, also, uh, um, uh, thank you. Um, we also have to consider that the laws that apply here may not even exist there. You know, um, <laughs> because that might be on the, that might be beyond our reality.
5: <laughs> yeah. Do we have an extradition yeah, treaty with heaven? Yeah, that's my
3: point. For I'm sure you don't. Oh, okay. um, I, th- I think all is good.
5: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, do we have any more standing points? I'm sorry, it's first question. Yes.
10: Can I make an upstanding point in saying that I would really have liked opening the government to. Stand up and say, alright, we are Satan and we're putting God on trial because we're involved in this long battle of good and (laughs) evil. And he brought down. It's civil war. (laughs) (laughs) Opening
6: up, he's about to respond. Um, (laughs) 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 Right. (laughs) Although I will say, what was really wrong with Satan? I mean, he was the one who introduced Adam and Eve to knowledge and un- awareness of themselves in the world around them. And God... If, uh, and God cast them out for that. And not only did he cast them out, this is now... This is a point I wanted to make earlier. He has a sovereign that has ruled in the most arbitrary of ways. If any other... George Bush or Tony Blair acted like this, we would put them on trial. There would be mass protests in the streets, and in fact there have been, going to put them on trial. God is the worst kiss of... Uh, of a sovereign ruling by his own morality, his own inclination, without consideration of anything else. Um, and I'll bring back to the point of the fake. the fake, and so she received the harshest punishment. Her punishment was that her and her descendants would all experience the pain of childbirth. <laughs> how could that be accepted in, a, in, any, in any courtroom?
5: Um, <laughs> a very, very brief one to conclude. She
6: is was warned!
5: Was <laughs> 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 yeah. oh, she uh, in
0: at the time? No,
5: so, yeah. well, back and forth. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for that enthralling, I think productive debate. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which question did we go
5: <laughs> Just leave it.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Grant, okay, um, so we're going to take. I think we're going to go for a vote first and then we'll um, <clears> call <throat> out the winner after that. So it's an individual winner. Um, so we will go for a vote, tonight based on your personal opinion, so anybody can do this. So if you think, if you raise a proposition and you think that God should be put on trial, please raise your hand and say aye.
5: You're fucking right.
0: Where's the fourth? Five. five.
5: Are we going to say opinion? Yes, it's, opinion. it's your opinion. Oh, six. <laughs> oh, no. seven. No, no, no. Five. It's
0: five. And all of those who think that God should not be put on trial, things raise your hand and say nay. Nay.
7: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dunny. Uh,
5: Decorum, please. Ten. Um,
0: okay. And all of those who abstain on the motion, don't really care whether God's put on trial. Thank you.
5: Thank,
1: you. Thank you all. That'd be a lot. <laughs> <Or, laughs> thing you really should have an opinion. on. Yeah.
0: Okay, and this one, this book is for members only. Uh, yeah. So if you all have any shiny membership cards, um, which Graham searches frantically for, everyone, what <laughs> can
5: I have for them? A gift. Do you right? want? Do you want
0: to buy?
6: Yeah, do you want okay, to buy? Yes. No. I have. I three to choose from. Pick your membership present. Guys, guys, guys. Right.
0: Okay. This is, based, this is based on this is based on the house's opinion of speaker ability, and it's based on her side. So, if you think that the proposition these guys spoke best tonight, please raise your for cards and say aye. I'll, you can vote for yourselves. You've just just me. <laughs> and all those who think the opposition spoke better tonight, raise yeah. your hands. Say nay. <laughs> <laughs>
6: is this a vote? I forgot it, that's the most landlocked I've ever seen in the past. Nope. This is again the EU Parliament.
0: And all of those who think the. Yeah, um, shy Tory. Finn Barclay. Sorry, he's not going to hurt. No, I she don't care. <laughs> We're going to vote. Go. Okay. Oh. All of those who think that both sides spoke equally good or equally rubbish, please raise your hand
4: and say. Meh. 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 9. Equally I
3: said equally good right here. What to be fair We should the. so. I so I believe
0: that you both spoke, spoke equally well. slash equally nice. <laughs> 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 so we will move to um, the individual speaker slash winner of the Doctrine medal for the 167 session, so James. Hello.
9: Hi. <laughs> <No. laughs> That's a good debate. If any of the individual speakers or anyone in the audience would like to come and talk to us about our decision or what we think would be better yeah. after the debate, very free to do so. Um, now I'm going to come to our goal, so um, We didn't, however, come to a unanimous decision. Um, we think the best team tonight was um, Closing
4: Government and of the two speakers, we chose uh, Carol.
6: Yes. <laughs> uh,
0: just, just wait for the explanation of where the Duffer Medal is. Um, yeah. Um, yeah, so, well
4: done.
0: Um, thank you very much for that debate and uh, we're all going to the House Bar afterwards now. I heard you asking that earlier. So, uh, So, um, please join us next week for this House with Draw as well. So, um, thank you very much.
8: I thought you were the best deep as well, done, well, done. well done.
10: And to all the other speakers we offer a firm handshake. <laughs>